The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We're live. One, two, What's up, everybody? Welcome in to West by Pod, a podcast about WVU sports, the Big 12 Conference, touching hands and reaching out. I'm Joel Bracken at WV Stats Guy. I'm joined, as always, by Jordan Pinto. He's at Game Day Shorts. We're going to apologize on the front end if our voices are a little raspy. We went to a ball game this weekend um, called by many the Backyard Brawl, and it was quite a good time. Jordan, how was your weekend? Uh, I haven't stopped smiling since Saturday. Uh, that was perfect. Perfect all the way around, right? I mean, uh, perfect day of tailgating in the blue lot. I mean, could not have asked for better weather. Um, you know, you're seeing faces you haven't seen in, in you know, weeks to uh, to years, as we were saying. You're running into people. Everybody's trying to come out and support the old golden blue. And yeah, man, I mean, you know, we said last week, right, there, there are no moral victories in this one. I really don't care how it looked. Uh, the crowd was everything that I thought it would be. It was exactly what I thought it would be. Um, game was ugly, but we got it done. And so it's, it was a beautiful night to be a Mountaineer, uh, wherever you may have been. What did you, uh, first time back in the blue lot here in a, in a little bit, what'd you think? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I'm glad you didn't care how it looked because it didn't look great. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm back in Columbus and I saw a bunch of people this evening and everyone's like, Oh, how was the game? How's the game? I was like, we won. It was awesome game. Atmosphere was incredible. The tailgating was awesome. You get to see the people, the actual on-field product. Uh, you know, if you're flipping channels late at night, you're not watching that one for the uh, the passing yards. You're watching it for the atmosphere. Um, yeah, but the atmosphere was was a plus top ten. I mean, it was it was uh, incredible. And yeah, I, uh, I I I really enjoyed the 2018 Oklahoma game, the night game. We lost it, but that was like there was a lot of energy in the stadium that night. Mm. I definitely think we haven't haven't been in a situation like that since then and this you know might have surpassed it we won the game like i said the, the game was not as exciting as that night and with 120 points scored or whatever but um it looked looked a little closer to like 1960s or 70s football but you find a way hey and that's all we ask you know that's what we said coming in is you just have to figure out a way you lose your starting quarterback 
you, you know, you get other key injuries and he found a way. I mean, uh, you, you throw the game plan out the door after two series and, and dig deep. So I think that, uh, that, that was, that was like the coolest part, right? It's like, it was the crowd. Um, you know, the thing I'm called out about Penn state, right. Was the crowd was there early. The crowd, West Virginia is not usually, even in the best of times, not usually an early crowd, right? We're, we're rolling in, um, you know, everybody's getting that one or two extra beers down in the blue lot. We're usually rolling in about mid first quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was awesome to see it. It was all the way filled except for, I mean, one little section of the, of the, uh, you know, the lower student section um, filled in a little bit late, but packed at kickoff. And it was like you said, it was like, uh, you know, none of these guys have seen that place rocking like that. I mean, I haven't seen that place rocking like that. That was the best crowd in a long, long time. Right. And it's just like Mountaineer Nation saying, like, look, dude, we will fight with you. Like, we will be there with you guys. You just got to stand up and fight. Just do it. Like, give us something to cheer about. We'll fucking cheer. Yeah. Um, I think Tony 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 said something along that exact same line of like, we're here. We're ready when you guys are ready. Like, if you guys are ready to take us, like, we're we're ready to show up. Um, And, yeah, it's it's just cool to see that, you know, we've had some some iffy years. We've had some up and down years. uh, But it's it's clearly still there. Like, people, like you said, you've seen people that you hadn't seen in a long time coming from all over the place. It was the place to be if you're a Mountaineer fan, if you you follow this program. So, um, yeah, it was a night. It was a nice bring it in moment. And hopefully it's a stepping stone. We got... uh, you know, conference play kicking off. We we got through. I think in a in a pretty much a best case scenario, two and one, yep. uh, out of non con, and and you know now it's time to go. We were picked last in this conference, um, so you know, awesome stepping stone. So just real quick before we we get into our our pit review, maybe a little more. Um, you know, general format to on this show, we're gonna do the pit review. We'll do our Big Twelve recap, which there are some notable things because. Um, while Jordan and I were enjoying the blue lot, maybe some of you were watching multiple games and um, I woke up Sunday and saw some results and was like, what the hell happened? So we'll talk about that. Um, Big 12 precap as usual, uh, starting to get our toes into some conference games across and then we will uh, preview the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders. So what what is your overall takeaway on the pit game? I mean, it was ugly. Uh, you dug deep, but but what are what are your like takeaways if you're in that locker room for the for that game? Uh, I mean, I think our our front seven is something that we can be confident in uh, at this point. The defensive line uh, is good, continues to make plays. The linebackers, I think, are better than than anybody would have ever thought that they would have been. Um, just with the emergence of Trey Lathan, I you know I went back and rewatched the game on Sunday. And it's just crazy, like how much you know, how much he kind of pops off the screen, even more than he really than he really does live, right? Um, you know, because you're in the moment live, you're not hearing who's called, making the tackle, all that stuff. And it was just like, you know, it felt like he was in on a lot of plays. Um, thank God for our Lord and Savior, Phil Jerkovic, though, right? Like, good, that guy has to be the worst quarterback who's ever played a Mountaineer field. Um, so I don't know, I, I don't know how much you really take. I will say the secondary did look. Um, even considering how bad that he was, right? There was only one play. I think they hit one like 20 yard pass above means, but other than that, look better, right? Look better with Burks, Burks back there, look better with Ruffin at corner than it did with Andrew Wilson lamp. So, you know, I think, um, this is probably going to be the group that we see going forward. Um, you know, Burks, Burks, Ruffin, Beanie Bishop, uh, Anthony Wilson, um, and then on the other side, I mean, you know, like you said, the game plan goes out the window when when Garrett gets hurt. 
Sadiko started a little shaky, um, but grew into the game. Uh, some of those throws, you know, we didn't ask him to throw it a whole lot, but some of those throws on those RPOs, I've been kind of drilled those in there. So I thought that was kind of encouraging. But, you know, the running game, um, you know, if you take away sacks, you take away quarterback kneels, 42 for 175, 4.2 yards of carry against eight and nine man boxes all, all night, right? So um, never really kind of, never really got blown up in the backfield. It was always, you know, even even if we got stopped, it was one or two yards, always kind of moving forward, keeping things manageable. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, you know, it, it, it wasn't pretty, it was effective, and and I will gladly, gladly take it. I don't know what what jumped out to you. Yeah, I mean, it's the running game specifically where it's like they know it's coming. We are going to hand the ball off to CJ Donaldson, and it's like stop us, and we're going to get four yards anyway, five yards anyway. Yep. Um, that is such a contrast from the team that Neil Brown took over. Um, do you remember when it was like, can we break fifty rushing yards in a game? Like that was the state of our offensive line. Man, and just you know the running game in general now it's like guess what we're running the ball stop it and you know they, they were able to to play with a quarterback who you know i don't think Pitt felt super threatened that we were going to pass it nico made some good throws um especially in some some you know big times but um yeah the running game just really looking dominant the front seven looking dominant i mean yeah you know is uh i think a lot of our predictions were pretty accurate about this game it's like both teams want to run the ball uh, it's going to be which quarterback either wins it on a big throw or two or loses it on a few big throws. Uh, I think in my little preview on the musket, I said we'll, we'll get two turnovers on uh, Djokovic, Djurkovic, however you want to say his name. Um, we get three. And yeah, the secondary, I mean, I hope this is a confidence building game because, yeah, they did their part. I mean, they held them to, you know, like 50, between like 50 and 80 passing yards. It was incredibly low. Um and, you know, it was a 17-6 game, and it felt like we were up, like, two or three scores. It almost was like, wow, if they actually did score on this drive, this game's in question. But I felt like we were our defense was just sitting on them. It was like, yeah, they're probably not going to go down the field and score. Like, And I think that's why. That's why Neil Brown felt com- comfortable, right? Nico threw, what, nine passes? I think six in the yeah. second half. It's just because, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we weren't threatened, I don't think, by their offense at all. Um, I'm trying to think if they... I mean, they didn't score in the second half. It didn't really feel like they ever even got close, right? Like, I mean, you know, there were, there were, they got a couple first downs. And the that closest was they, got, they got stonewalled on that fourth and inches on the yeah. sneak. The front seven, even then, stepping up. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, no, I mean, everything you'd want to see, you know, Pitt was going to, they came out, they tried to punch us in the mouth. They actually did. Um, but we got up and we punched back and, and they weren't ready for it. So, um, no, I think it was, you know, it was a good thing. Um, to see is a great test, physical game. Um, yeah, I think our front seven has to feel like they can probably play with just about anybody uh, in the conference. You know, not that not not just because of this game, but you know, like we even we played well against Penn State too, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, two hundred yards, two hundred total yards. I know uh, uh, Narduzzi uh, called out was well, the yardage was the same, and it's like, well, yeah, we started from like the seven yard line on two separate occasions because of interception returns you know so like if you were going to look at like the available yards stat like we got a much higher percentage of the available yards than they did but um yeah i mean i don't know i think we said it last week pitt's pitt's really bad uh but you know what i don't give a fuck if they go one and eleven i'm glad that they came to morgantown and we stomped that ass out so you know yeah that's that's all there is to it 
It reminded me a little bit of the Virginia Tech game last year where it was like yep. we were the better team and we were just going to grind it down. Yep. And, uh, you know, it didn't feel like it was, even though the game was close and mathematically in question still late, like it didn't, I, you know, it was just like, I don't think Djokovic is going to go down the field on us. Like, I, I think we're going to be all right here. I had no confidence. It was like we said, fourth quarter sack party, man. We got that, that, that last sack on Djokovic was about 30 yards exactly in front of where I was sitting. And like, if I could have, I would have just jumped onto the field and celebrated with the team. Like I wanted to spike my helmet like CJ Donaldson did, you know, it was yeah. like that kind of a night. Um, I brought my A game out there. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Like I didn't sit down all night. Kid was on his A game. Um, whole crowd was on their A game though. So that wasn't, it wasn't like a, like just a me thing, but yeah. Awesome. I mean, overall 10 out of 10 experience, man. I don't even care about the game. 10 out of 10 experience. We smashed pit. Crowd was great. Weather was great. Everything was great. Everything yeah. was good. Everything's good. Um, yeah, you gotta gotta enjoy these. And you know where we're at in college football, where we where we sit in the hierarchy. These are the games that you really gotta you gotta soak them in. Um, yeah, just you know, quickly on Nico, I feel like you know football is an eleven on eleven game, and the quarterback always gets all the praise or all the you know criticism. And Nico really played like one of the eleven. Like he was like, I'm not going to win this game tonight but I'm not going to lose it either. And I feel like the play calling was acceptable. They kept him involved, but they kept him, you know, like in a, in a, in a situation where he could succeed. Um, and he made the plays when they were there. I mean, the fumble obviously was the one mistake, but like the keeper he had on the read and, on you know, he, yeah. and he fought through, you know, two tacklers, like he yep. made the plays. He made it. He made a really nice throw to Preston Fox. He made a really nice throw. Um, the tutty huddy on a pass interference. Devin um, Carter, he hit really on a nice one. I think that was on a third down too, like a third and six or seven. Uh, low RPO, like kind of tight slant, skinny post kind of thing. Um, just drilled it in there. Uh, yeah, so no, I mean, I think there's some stuff to like. Now, he did um, mostly earlier in the game, right? Like he he was slow on some reads and mm-hmm. took some bad sacks, right? Where it's like, even if it's not there, dude, like throw that away. What are you doing trying to run away? Um, took a couple bad sacks, but again, you know, I mean... I don't want to say first meaningful snaps, but you, you know, you get thrown into the backyard brawl. Yeah. Unexpectedly. I thought he did fine. He grew into the game. And like you said, he made, he made some plays later in the game that they were big plays. He's a red shirt. He's a red shirt freshman. Yeah. And he was thrown he's into the backyard something. brawl. He's yeah. got something. He's got something. I mean, we'll see, you know, I'm, he, uh, you know, I guess we're, we're doing this on Monday. Usually we do a Sunday. The benefit of this is right. We've heard the injury report. Um, Neil Brown, very, very non-committal on Garrett Green being available this weekend. So you have to, if I was betting, I'd say Nico starts this weekend. It will be interesting to see uh, how he looks with a, with a game plan built around him, right? Like yep. it's a slightly different skill set. Um, it's going to be aesthetically a lot of the same stuff, like a lot of play action, a lot of RPO. Uh, yep. I imagine he'll get some design runs, but he's not quite as good of a runner as Garrett is. Um, so it's going to look a little bit different. And so, yeah, it'll be, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I mean, shit, if the kids got it, like, let's roll. The kid's got it. Let's roll. I love Garrett Green, but, you know, if he goes out and, and beats Pitt and beats Texas Tech and beats TCU, yep. I don't know how you can give as much as I love him. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I mean, Garrett Green is definitely – Garrett Green, I mean, I think Neil said it. He's, you know, the heart and soul of the offense. And, you know, Garrett Green, I love the um, – it's something I feel like we haven't had in a little bit is the body language is so positive in the quarterback yeah. room. It yeah. is like they are both – each other's like biggest biggest supporter and like that's i mean you and garrett green at the end of the game during the game like he was in nico's ear they were you know celebrating and that's just awesome to see like that is that is like the ideal quarterback room situation um 
And it's the same way the other way around, man. I mean, we when Garrett made a play the first couple of weeks, when he came off the field, Nico's the first guy. Nico's yeah. the first guy over to congratulate him. So no, you're right. It's it's good vibes in the quarterback room, which is yeah, which is good. I think they build each other up. I think the running back room does the same. I, but I, I I think they build each other up and. Yeah, I, there's no incentive to say, hey, Garrett's playing this weekend either. So just some no. gamesmanship. We won't know until, till, you know, an hour before the game, if that. So I would say just as a listener, don't worry about it because there's no reason to, to say it either way. So um, we got two guys who can play. That's not something we've really been able to say much recently. Um, and I'm excited. And yeah, what an origin story this would be for Nico to win the backyard brawl, come out and, you know, maybe win a conference game or, you know, take on a full conference game. So excited for that. Um, the only other big stat I had, well, the funny one, of course, is we had more interception return yards than receiving <laughs> yards. Jakovich, an amazing West Virginia quarterback. You will go down in history. Um, Guy's never buying a beer in Morgantown for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, and then the only other thing I wanted to point out, which is we talked about it several times last year, is that we really just lost the field position game all year long. Like, yeah. On a national level, we were horrendous. And our average starting position was our own 44. Pitts was inside their own 25. That is, I mean, that's a lot of that's from turnovers. But the punting game was efficient. Kickoff game was solid. There was one time they maybe got outside the the, the 30 or around the 30 on a return. Um, but that's just, I mean, that's an improvement. Because that was like a given we're going to lose that part of the game. So, um, you know, that that's... Uh, important like i'm not watching through my fingers this year you know what i mean where it's one of those things where it's like you almost weren't even excited when we scored touchdowns last year because it's just like well they're just gonna run it out to the 40 i mean you know no big deal yeah. or we're gonna kick it out of bat we're just gonna give it to him at the 40 but no it's a good point man down the punt at the one um god the uh just the the like four-way just absolute gang train running on uh, MJ Devonshire on that suplex. last punt that he tried. Oh my God. Malachi Ruffin suplexed him and like Bartlett just came in and like RKO'd at the last second. That was also right in front of my face. And yeah, I about, I, you know, my soul left my body. I was above the crowd <laughs> cheering at that point, just losing my, spiritually losing my you were right there on the 10. With oh them. my God. Oh my God. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it looks good. It looks good. The special teams doesn't seem like it's a, a problem so far this year. So, yep. Made a kick, squeezed a kick in. I mean, it squeezed was close, kick. but you squeezed, squeezed it in. Yep. Uh, only negative special teams was the pump block, which uh, Djokovic made that a null anyway. So, <laughs> you know, you live to fight another day. Hopefully, you clean up the mistakes. But <laughs> some of those mistakes we have been making, they at least seem to be trending in the right direction, which is encouraging. That's, you know, all we can say at this point in the season. He uh, he annulled the fumble as well. So you know, it's a shame if if we can play that guy twelve times, I'd feel really good about <laughs> really good about our team this year. Really That'd friendly guy. He said, "No, really, you guys you guys should finish that drive. Here, let me give you ten more yards from where you fumbled it." Really. I can't believe. Uh, so I can't believe like Narduzzi said he's going to start again this week. It's like, dude, what the fuck game are you watching? Like, you have to. You're going to lose the fan base if you I don't did, play somebody else. I did watch Narduzzi's post game out of um yeah just just curiosity and the reporter said will will phil be you know the starting quarterback next week and narduzzi looks at the reporter and says unless you can play <laughs> which tells me that they don't have a better option so that's great that just seems impossible to me because rich transfer I mean, too like you had to know I, what you were getting i would pitt have performed worse if i was their starting quarterback you you've never seen me throw a football but like yes or no 
could they could like could I could I have managed six points handing he, he the probably ball accounted for what like three of the first time? downs he had maybe three for two on the ground and maybe one or two throws for a first I mean that was his only positive contribution yeah. in the game I feel totally confident that I could have put up six but <laughs> <laughs> on our on our secondary maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm 35 he's 23 I've seen I've seen cover two a little bit more now but um all right I think I'm good on pit felt great yeah, we kick their ass. Hope they don't yeah. win another game for the rest of the year. As always. Yep. Um, all right. So Big 12 recap. Crazy little weekend in the Big 12. Um, I don't know if you saw. I saw some graphic online of the Power 5 conferences versus, you know, other schools. And the Pac-12 is like by far the best school, which or best conference, which is crazy because they don't exist next year. But uh, whatever. That's a that's another topic. Um, all right, so I'll just kind of walk down the chronological order here because most of these are interesting, so we'll just hit them all. Uh, Texas, I mean, really played with their food with Wyoming. It was 10-10 <laughs> going into the fourth, um, and then they they, well they, hung, they hang three more touchdowns up and, and pull away, but um, you know, definitely didn't come out hot there. Wyoming's not a bad football team. They, uh, I, they saying, I think that's relevant to tonight as well, right? To, it is to, relevant. To Texas Tech, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. So Texas uh, gets the win. Kansas State, um, you know, everybody's favorite, you know, kind of next tier up there in the Big 12. Uh, they lose to Missouri on a 61-yard field goal, which is soul-crushing. Um, that's a tough loss, but... Um, hey, how about a little regional rivalry, though? Love it. You know, hey, hey, everybody making decisions for everybody else in college football, the, 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 small, the small room of people who is, is deciding everybody's fate. Look at a game like this and, and just... Stop! Stop fucking with our game. Go ahead. Bang, bang a sixty-one yarder home, and the uh, and the whole crowd rushes the field. I mean, like, yeah, that's bad for the sport. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we, we didn't mean anything. Clearly, didn't mean anything to the people of Missouri, right? Nah. Game meant nothing. So, mm. yeah. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple snoozers here. Oklahoma takes down Tulsa. Uh, Oklahoma has had some stat games. They scored sixty-six in this one, and I think they've hung like over 50 in like all their games i i, I kind of think so um but they're just running through uh i saw that wyoming still has more power five wins than oklahoma which uh tells you about the schedule so uh baylor 30 to 7 versus long island not overly impressive but i won't take much away iowa state comes to the great state of ohio and uh loses 10 to 7 uh little controversy on that one weird field goal thing but uh they had zero points like midway through the fourth quarter. So, damn, is Iowa State really that bad? Um, I don't know. That's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, yeah. That's a that's a bad look. <laughs> yes, Who's they are. That? Yes, they are. Um, UCF forty-eight to fourteen over Villanova. I don't think a lot to mention here, though. Isn't John Reese Plumley still hurt for UCF? Um, I don't. Oh, think did, he... did did he get dinged up? I think he's, I don't even know if he played in this game, um, but I think he is uh, still hurt. Yeah, McLean was the quarterback for UCF. He still threw for 320 yards, but, um, you know, that's maybe the only thing to know to UCF. They are 3-0. Um, so. They are 3-0. They are Ethan 17th Newman. in the country in scoring, and they are first in the country in total yards per game at 618. So that's basically... That's that's fucking crazy. Anyways, yeah, they're no, they're they're, I guess yeah, something to keep an eye on. Not having John uh, John Reese probably probably lowers the ceiling a little bit, but 
Yeah. yeah. They they have been as advertised. Yep. Yeah, they're keeping it rolling. Um Next game up, Miami of Ohio beat Cincinnati in overtime, 31 to 24. Uh Cincinnati, you might remember beat Pitt the week before. So by the transitive property, Miami of Ohio is a couple of touchdowns better than Pitt. Um, so I mean, by the transitive property, Duquesne's better than Pitt. So like, true, they did score seventeen on us. Pitt, Pitt, thanking Pitt, absolutely thanking the scheduling gods that there's not the uh, the inner city rivalry game this year, um, or else you know who who knows what might happen there. But yeah. yeah, that's that's a weird one. I mean, I I was just starting to come around on Cincinnati, and uh, yeah, and then they they go do something like this. And <laughs> are we sleeping on the Mac? Maybe I, I have no idea. Um, but but don't worry, not to not to be outdone, Oklahoma State. This is by far the most embarrassing game of the weekend. This is the worst one. Yeah. 33 to 7 at home versus South Alabama. What what is going on in Stillwater? I mean, they have been bro they were so good like what 2 years ago. They were like the best defense they in the country. They were 7 and 0 last year. Yeah. They were 7 and 0 last year. Um and yeah, it's it and like now we're starting to see you're starting to see stuff leaking out about Gundy doesn't believe in NIL and all this. It's like, dude, the wheels are completely falling off this program. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to turn that around for them like this year or like at all. But like, man, Gundy. He wouldn't be the the first guy that like that, that the modern era has passed by. I, you know, he was very good for a very long time. And uh, it just doesn't feel like he really cares to. What did I see? <laughs> uh, I saw a quote, something on Reddit is like, "Man, Gundy seems like Dabo Swinney without the plot armor," you know, that, kind of thing. Yep, that was exactly what I was gonna say. I, he feels like Dabo with a little, just a little less success. Like it's like you're That's seeing the championships, yeah, like all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's gonna go on there. But yeah, I mean, if you're just if you're just gonna say, "Yeah, we're not gonna do nil," then uh, you're gonna be very, very bad. Well, you could take the Dabo approach. He said we are going to do nil. Um, it's the name, image, and likeness of Jesus. That's what he said in a press conference. Yeah, what's real, Jesus pay? Does a does, real Jesus, quote. does Jesus pay well? Or <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah. So some crazy stuff going on uh, with both those schools, but Oklahoma State specifically, thirty-three-seven at home is just quite embarrassing. Um, Texas Tech gets a win. Uh, you know, they're first in the win column, forty-one to three over Tarleton, uh, yep. but. Not to be, you know, we'll talk about them a little bit more in a minute, but, uh, you know, they had two tough games and they, they clean it up and we'll see them this weekend. Um, BYU would not have picked this one either, 38 to 31 over Arkansas. Um, that's crazy because BYU, you know, we were thinking was uh, was definitely there in the in the cellar with a couple of these Big 12 teams. So um, they find a way. They're kind of the bright spot, I guess you could say, of of pulling a win that they weren't supposed to this week. The, yeah, one of the one of the few, right? Like, mm-hmm. kind of crazy to think about that. Carry, BYU carrying the conference flag for week <laughs> three. Yeah, um, TCU over Houston, thirty six to thirteen. That's our first in conference Big Twelve game of the year. Uh, Dana, I've heard and read several times that it's just like, what what are we doing at this point with Dana? Like. Like the uh, the pregame or the preseason was like, will Neil get fired after the Houston game? But if you're really tuned in, it's like, will Dana get fired after the WVU game? 
I uh, yeah, I think didn't uh, didn't Kirch tweet that from the the Musket account? Where it's just <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, 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 and um, yeah. I mean, you know, you you see all these other horrible results, and Dana's just like, hold my uh, hold my Red Bull and yeah. uh, and buckle up for this one. Yeah, they're 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 down bad. They get a little pick me up this week. I think they play Sam Houston. Um, not the gimme that it used to be, but like nope. you would hope that they can. Um, you know, turn that around. And then what with the last one, Kansas 31, Nevada 24, which good win for Kansas, but what is Nevada what, lost like 10 or 11 games in a row or something like that? Yeah, that was a little closer than than you would have thought. Yeah, Nevada's 0-3 on the season, but hey, Kansas is 3-0. and You know, they're uh they're still cooking. Um yeah, no, I thought I thought the the the, the Dana tweet by Kurtz was funny. That that's on at Smoking Musket. He had yeah. some some heaters this weekend too. I, I really appreciated <laughs> the uh, the. I liked the one he was like Narduzzi looked at the offense with Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison and said, "We must we must strive to never be like this again." <laughs> it is it is. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's low-key the craziest thing that's happened, uh, like outside of like that I've been paying attention to, right? Like I don't mm-hmm. obviously keep tabs on everybody in the country, but like, you know, we've been we've been keeping our finger on Pitt's pulse a little bit. And yeah, best offense in school history. And the guy's like, no, I'm good. Good. It was way too much fun, way too much passing. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I really thought we passed the ball too much that year. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but all right, so that is our Big Twelve recap, um, and and my takeaway is just that, hey, we are not the worst team in this league. There are some winnable games out there. There are wins out there for us. There are wins on the schedule. Um, so for the schedule this week, the Big Twelve precap, there are significantly less games because some of these teams start playing each other, which is nice. So week first one, uh, Oklahoma is thirteen and a half point favorites at Cincinnati. Um, this will be Oklahoma's first test, I guess, if it'll even be a test, um, Cincinnati hosting their first big 12 game at home. So that'll be a cool for them. Um, next game on the slate is SMU at TCU. TCU is a six point favorite. That's always a sneaky close game. That's a rivalry game. That is the Sunny Dykes game. Um, yeah, so, uh, we'll keep our eyes on that one. BYU at Kansas, Kansas is getting eight and a half points. Um, and uh, yeah, Kansas could be four and zero, one and zero in the conference. It's very. Is it only it's only eight and a half now. Uh, I had this. I pulled these earlier this morning, so it might have. Okay. Been well, I, yeah, I saw nine and a half on Fanduel. So I mean, it could just be that people are people are uh, sniffing a little BYU glue right now. Well, no. <laughs> it's about all they can know. do. Um, <laughs> 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 Oklahoma State. Okay. At Iowa State, this is you thought the backyard brawl would be a mid off. This is two teams that are mid too strong. Mid is way too strong for these teams. These teams fucking suck. Over under six and a half. The loser of this game, actually, the coach, he won't even uh, be allowed back in the locker room. Loser leaves town on the spot. Loser leaves town game. Um, Iowa State's two and a half favorite here. Who had Matt Campbell sticking around at Iowa State and then? 
Like he could have gone to Michigan like two years ago. Yep. Yeah. Like, he, it's, uh, it's rumored for every Midwestern job two years ago. Should have got an agent. <laughs> Dude, he said he should have gotten agent. a lot of getting was good. Yeah. His stock really fell uh, off last year too. But yeah, 36 and a half over under. I was like, that's I just really had, had to check. That's like, that's bad. That's, that's bad really stuff. Bad. Yeah. Um. All right. Sam Houston at Houston, 13 and a half point favorites for Houston. Dana better find a way to win this one. Um, or he might not make it. To he might not make it to, might not make it to our game. Yeah. He might not make it to our game if he doesn't win this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then uh, I don't know. Probably not the game of the. Well, no, the game of the night's the next one. But yeah, Texas, 14 and a half point favorites. I'm seeing at Baylor. Um, I expect Texas to cover that. I think Baylor's. I think Baylor's bad this year. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, nothing. Baylor hasn't really shown something. I, Texas is looking really good. I mean, they they look like they've taken that half step up that they always could but never achieved. Um, you're not seeing the cracks, right? Like they're not yeah. like two years ago, Texas, like they would have won that Wyoming game by seven, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that it was close in the fourth quarter, one thing, the fact that they go dump 21 points on them in the fourth quarter is like shows yeah. growth, shows growth. I feel like. Yep. Um, and then the last non WVU game is UCF at K state, K state seven point favorites. I don't know the status of John Reese Plumley, but that is an, Potentially interesting game. I don't know if that line is factoring that he is not playing or not. Um, I I I kind of think that now that now that we were well, I so I didn't realize he was hurt. But now that I know that he because I was surprised by this line as well. I would have expected like three, three and a half, something like that. Um, you know, something a little bit closer to like a pick him, but K State getting the home field advantage. Uh, yeah, I think he they they must not be sure if he yeah. if he's going to play or not. I would be surprised, like if it comes out that he is going to play. I, I bet that line moves, um, you know, yeah, moves yeah. a little bit towards UCF. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably the game of the week outside of ours. Do you think? I mean, on, on our game, Oklahoma State and Iowa State is super mid, but it's a two and a half point game. It might um, be the best matchup. <laughs> best, it might be an equal matchup, but I think our game is like the lowest spread. Otherwise, yeah. So, um, yeah, you ready to talk some tech? Let's do it. All right, Texas Tech. So Texas Tech had a rough start to the season. Um, they're one and two. The win coming off for coming this week versus Tarleton. Um, they started the year uh, in Laramie, Wyoming, and they lost. I believe it was an overtime game, 35-33. Um, and then they followed that up at home the next week with Oregon. And they played Oregon pretty well, and they lost by eight points. Um, and then, like I said, took their, their frustration out last week on Tarleton. So, you know, I, I, I think it's uh, pretty safe to say this is a better team than Pitt. This, this team is, we're not probably going to get away with some of the things that we did versus Pitt uh, versus Texas Tech. And similar to last year, we know, you know, the big thing about them is that they want to go fast. Um, that is going to change some things on defense. Uh, we're probably not going to be swapping linemen in as frequently. Um, Communication is going to be important. Maybe this is the week you keep the defense simple. Um that's that's just like the you know the overview of Texas Tech is they're going to get a lot of plays off they're going to want to you know their drives are going to be quick moving um, and their offense is really they got they got some guys um, you know I think they got some guys playing well so anybody stand out to you on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean I think Taj Boyd is who we thought we we thought he was. Um, you know he's been 
splitting time with uh, with Sir Roderick Thompson for the last several years. Now he's kind of the guy, and I think he's what he has uh, 270 yards, averaging over seven yards a carry um, through three games. I'm actually surprised they haven't given him the ball more. Um, that was kind of like my one takeaway is only only 38 carries through three games, right? Uh, which is actually fewer than than Tyler Shuck. Um, but yeah, I think I think Boyd's been great. Um, Jaranda Bradley, uh, who I think was preseason all conference, the wide yep. receiver, uh, he's he's been as good as advertised. I f- I feel like, um, yeah, no, I, I you know I think you, you you look at this team, you look at this game, uh, they're one and two, but they're they're very very close to being three and zero, oh, which is I think kind of what probably I don't know two and one or three and zero oh is it would have been the expectation, right? But they're up seventeen nothing against Wyoming. And, you know, like you said, Wyoming had Texas tied 10-10 in the fourth quarter. That's a good football team. You're on the road. Um, they turned the ball over a couple times, and Wyoming came back, beat them in overtime, you know, whatever. Then the the Oregon thing, right, like there's there's no shame losing to Oregon, period. Um, but then when you dig in a little bit, I mean, they were minus four in the turnover battle, lost by eight points, right? So yeah. just kind of two weird games um, that they lost. Uh, and so – it's just it, it kind of felt like, like these are the kind of games last year they won. They just won all those games that, that were like the, all the weird games last year. They were the one coming out on top. So far this year, they haven't been. But I still think this is a really good team. Like you, They got dudes on offense. Um, Shock's been a little bit more reckless with the ball than he had been previously. I think that's that's kind of been one of my big takeaways. He has two fumbles, four interceptions, um, 5.1% uh, turnover-worthy plays, which is what Garrett Green was last year, right? So that just kind of gives you some some context about He's made some questionable decisions, made some made some questionable throws, um, but still plenty of talent. I mean, you know, like I said, um, Boyd's good. The receivers they they have more than enough receivers uh, for us for sure. Um, offensive yeah. line's been fine. I don't know. Yeah, what do you? I mean, who, who who do you like over there? Yeah, I was watching some some tape on them earlier today, and you know, really Tyler Shuck, he. He has really been, he has some big time throws. He has seven big time throws. He has seven turnover worthy throws. Um, So, you know, he's kind of been a cannon this year. And I don't know, I watch him play, especially uh, some of the clips in that Wyoming game. And, you know, he looked confident. He's not afraid to use his legs when when needed. Um, And he was a former Oregon guy too, right? Which is, you know, kind of a staple of an Oregon quarterback, generally speaking. So, um yeah you know he he's <laughs> he's no uh Dracovic is, is what i'm trying to say is this guy can air the ball out um and and with the weapons he has you know i i think the the worry for me is like how could this go wrong what what is a bad case scenario and it's you know they're going to be chunk play it's going to be you know long pass get up quick and we're not set we're not assignments aren't you know really prepared we're not ready to to do what we're supposed to do and what i worry is there could be some like three play drives where it's like long pass you give it to taj brooks and then another pass over the middle and like that's a drive like they're scoring touchdown um and that's really what this offense like that's their best case scenario that's what they want to be doing that's they want to be getting these plays off and, and getting us quick so um like i said i don't know if this is a week where we simplify the defense and you know we're not getting into too much flashy stuff. It's hard to get subs in, especially on these long drives. If you get over six, eight plays, like it's hard to cycle other guys in. So, you know, that's something that, that sort of stands out to me, but yeah, they, they got guys all over the field. Um, the receiving room, you know, they really spread it. They already have, uh, five dudes who've had more than 10 targets. 
um, which, you know, if you've been watching them, it's a very different brand than West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia has one guy with more than 10 targets, and it's Cole Taylor with 12. So they're airing the ball out, and they're doing it often, you know, early and often, basically. They're, they, and they got a lot of guys who can who can catch. So um, a bad scenario for West Virginia is this offense catches us off guard like Texas Tech has in years past. And three drives in, they got 17 points, and you're playing from behind, potentially with a backup quarterback. That's where we don't want to be. That's that's like if we, you want to be in this game, first couple drives I think are going to be important just to like we know the type of offense we're good at running, and it does not lend well to, to playing from behind. For sure. So I was saying Taj Boyd. I I, I don't think that a that a Clemson quarterback from 2010 is playing running back for, <laughs> I know for Texas mean. Tech right now. But yeah, Taj Brooks. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's 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 a good call. The, the 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 pace is a really good call out because I think one of the things that has been impressive about our front seven so far this year is that we've stayed so fresh. On, you know, especially along the defensive line, we've we've got a bunch of guys who have a bunch of snaps. We've gone you know eight or nine deep, which is something that we've always we preach every off season. We don't always see it, and this season we've seen it right. Like we've gone eight or nine deep. These dudes um, have all played pretty well, and Texas Tech doesn't really let you do that. Right. Like if things are going how they want. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. See if our guys are, are, are getting gassed early. Um, I guess. So. So like if this goes right for us, what do you see as like, like, what do we have to do to prevent that worst case scenario where, yeah, we're, we're three possessions in, we're down 17 to three. And what the hell do we do now? Yeah. I mean, I think. When we're on defense, when they, when they have the ball, I mean, Correct, it, yeah. it's one of those things that I, I feel confident in our in our run stopping abilities in our front seven. Um, but I, I really think it's the big play. Like you just can't give up the big play versus a team like this. Like you can't be having them running thirty yards down the field while they're getting the play in, and we're looking around and getting off the ground and like what do you know? Like those are the sorts of things. Um, but, you know, they're also good at those those drives where they're just picking up six yards and then a slant over the middle, then a little out route, and then a run and a run. And, you know, like they, they can do that. And this, this is just going to be a, a good test for this defense. Um, Very nice clash of styles, right? Because, like, the other side of that is, like, they go three and out in 47 seconds, and, and we put their defense back on the field, right? So, I mean, exactly. you know, it, like, the coin can fall both ways here. Um, it's a double-edged sword because we're going to play the other way. We're going to try and lean on their defense. Um yeah, and if they come out and go three and out, then we're going to lean right back on their defense, you know, kind of thing. So we'll see. Um, I mean, exactly exactly what you said. The, the good scenario for us is that, you know, we have one of those seven-minute drives where CJ's falling forward for six on every carry. Um, and, you know, we're hitting Cole Taylor over the middle, some little read option keepers here and there, put together a long drive, pay it off with seven, and then, like you said, quick three and out, and all right, let's do it again. That That's the situation where these up-tempo offenses get – ahead of themselves and it's like you know you still get three plays until you have to punt if you're not picking up the first down but man when you when you rep them quick and if you're especially a pass heavy team and you know 20 seconds runs off the clock and you're giving the ball back again it's like you know it it can make you antsy so that that's you know what we're going to be trying to get them into for sure so should we um so yeah offense offense has lots of good players they have a good line they have good skill players good quarterback um defense what do you what are your thoughts on the defense through three games um so through three games i mean they they gave up 35 to wyoming 38 to to oregon and then you know your fcs game don't think too much about it 
I think it's always important to remember with teams like this is that their total plays per game are higher than, um, you know, they're, they're at the top of the country, which also generally means that drives per game are up. So th- this would be a great example where you might want to look at more like drive specific numbers. Um, so, you know, coming into coming into the season, uh, I'm looking back at some of my off season stuff, you know, we had, let me see, they had their, um, Jalen Hutchings was your all big 12 guy on the D line. Um, so he was your, uh, your big pressures guy. And I think that's what they were really good at last year was, was getting to the quarterback, getting pressures. They were a pretty even split team last year. Um, and they were returning a little less than average across the country level. Um, but, but definitely a team that, you know, was respectable 32nd last year in beta rank defense. So that's a, you know, that's a mid to, you know, I'd say a mid-level P5, especially for, for all the snaps that they're taking. Yeah, you know, I, I think that the thing that I remember us talking about is, is that last year they had a top 10 red zone defense um, and that they also, they led the Big 12 in sacks last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, and I think, weren't they also, what's the, the, the drive efficiency metric from, uh, from beta rank, which basically accounts for um, how many points are you giving up outside of the usual yards, yards per play, explosive play kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So Texas Tech was first of that, and 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 that was a red flag to me because that's kind of a you were were you pulling stops out of your ass a little bit, right? Like were were people just missing field goals? Were people fumbling inside the red zone, kind of thing? Um, and so I think through through the first three games, like some of the stuff that I've looked at that I kind of expected regression in, right? Where you lose. You lose a uh, uh, Tyree, uh, Tyree Wilson, top ten draft pick off the edge, right? Tackles for loss this year down from seven down to five point three. Sacks per game down from two point four to two. Um, third down percentage from thirty eight point six last year up to forty four percent, which is worse than the Big Twelve right now. And then the red zone, which was they were top ten last year, they were only allowing scores on seventy four percent of the drives last year. So, like literally one out of four drives, somebody was coming away with no points in the red zone, up to eighty six percent last year or this year. Um, and so, I think this is where we've seen some of that, maybe some of that timeliness, some of the quote unquote luck that we would have called out last year. Slight regression, slight regression in the margins. Where I mean, you know, it, it adds up over the course of a game, over the course of a couple games. And so, I think that's kind of been. Um, the regression has been a little bit of what, what, what I expected. I think, you know, I think Bradford and Hutchings have underperformed a little bit. Yep. Um, front second front seven has been a little bit worse than we probably expected. Uh, the linebackers, especially, I don't know if you looked at their linebacker grades, but, mm-hmm. um, three new starters at linebacker, none of them are grading out higher than 57.1 on PFF and, um, Josiah Pierre and, and, uh, Matthews are literally grading out as the two worst in the big 12 right now. Um, so I think the front seven, the front seven's been a little bit disappointing, and, and we've seen that show up in in those uh, stats that I just referenced that have made the difference um, for them. I think the secondary has been good, mostly, but like, I mean, it's like you said, you, they they've played two real teams. Both of those teams have have scored in the mid thirties on them. So it, it's a defense you can score on for sure. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm looking now at the uh, the running stats. So Wyoming didn't have. A, it's kind of crazy. Wyoming really, it's like, how did they win this game in a sort of way? I know. You're looking yeah. at some of the stats. It's like they passed for 150 yards. Their leading rusher had 68 yards. 
Um, but all in, they had 171 yards rushing. So there it is. So so Wyoming had pretty good success running the ball um, on this team. And then now we look at, I'm looking at the Oregon game as well. Um, yeah, Oregon threw all over them. 113 yards rushing still. So, you know, I, I mean, I do think just what leads to our strengths is, is running the ball. Um, you know, we're not going to air raid against this team. And we're probably not going to play really well from behind against this team. This is a, a game where we really need to have control hopefully in a similar way as this pit game, whereas, you know, it kind of felt like we were dictating the pace that we wanted the game to be played. Um, yeah, I mean, the only guy that really pops off the page to me on, uh, like, PFF grades is uh, Adrian Taylor Demerson, the safety. Yeah, um, 77 grades, pretty high. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned Hutchings, really, you know, nothing, nothing crazy for his preseason hype, only seven tackles on the year, two sacks, um, you know, through three games, one of which being an FCS game. Um, but, you know, Texas Tech's going to be hungry. They lost two that they probably, at least one they feel like they shouldn't, and the other one they were they were right in the game until the very end. Um, and actually, you know, maybe I should have led with this more. Oregon outscored them 20-3 to in the fourth quarter. Like, Texas Tech yeah. was up, I think, two possessions coming into the fourth, and, you know, they let it get away. So, they're going to be as hungry as, as any team to come out here and get a win because they, they probably feel like they should be 3-0 and, and, you know, now's the time. And obviously the preseason hype, I think they were picked third or fourth in the conference. So, um, you know, they're going to come in hungry. This team's had Neil's number. We have come out flat against this team under Neil from time. Uh, but you heard it today in Neil's press, too. He he is quite aware of, uh, of all that. Like, he's like, yeah, we haven't beaten this team. It's the only team we haven't beaten with Neil. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> motivation should not be an issue. Motivation should not be an issue. Um, this should not be a team that we come out flat against, especially after last week. Um, I know, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people saying like potential trap game, like a little bit of a letdown after pit. But if anything, I think it's more of a, look, we went out and punched somebody in the mouth last week. We got another group coming in here who, you know, last they, they put it on us last year, right? Yeah. That was our, that was our worst performance of the season. Um, but I would say last year was the first year in the four years that Neil Brown's been here that this team had a bet that they were a better football team than us. They beat us all four times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, any of these dudes who have been here more than, you know, two years, we got some, you know, we're a pretty young team generally, but, um, you know, anybody who's any older than like a red shirt sophomore, um, who've been in the program two, three years, these guys have kicked the shit out of us. Uh, and now they're coming to our home, you know, our home field. We have to know that they're looking to get right. Um, we've never had a three-game win streak in the Neil Brown era, right? Like it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, there should be there should be no lack of motivation. I'm actually expecting the crowd to be decent. Three thirty kickoff um, so I, is it's you know it, so it's a good time for the crowd. Um, definitely expecting the students to be to be there. They were there for Duquesne. They were there early, uh, even for Duquesne. They were there early for for Pitt. I think the students are going to show up and it's just like, you're looking at the rest of Mountaineer nation saying like, look guys, like who knows how many more, like this is our last home game for like a month. Yeah. Right. Like just come out, see what happens, see what happens. Like, let's try and pick this team up the way we did against Pitt. This is a beatable football team, but like, it's not going to be easy. I mean, yeah. but, but it's a yeah. beatable team. This is, you know, when I look at our next, like, I mean, honestly, when I just look at the slate all the way up until Oklahoma, um, we have TCU, Houston, Oklahoma State, UCF, BYU. This might be the toughest game. Like, you can lose this game and maybe not feel so discouraged, 
But I know we said it at the beginning of the season is like there's not a home game that's not winnable. And man, if you get off this one three and one and you look at those that that list again, you know, your eyes kind of start to light up. So um, it sounds crazy to say out loud, but Neil Brown's never had a three game win streak. He's beat every team in the Big 12, but Texas Tech. Like, Texas Super Tech deal. should not be that team. We beat Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU. We beat all those teams. We didn't beat Texas Tech under Neil. It doesn't make sense. It's crazy. Um, so you hope the team's motivated to come out. Um, also, side note of no real importance. Um, so this is a 3.30 game. We play TCU at 8 o'clock the week following, and then we play Houston on a Thursday night. Through the first six games of the year, no noon games. Has that ever happened for us in the Big Twelve? Not as far as I can remember. Usually it's the other way around. Usually it's six noon games. We haven't we haven't played past you know we haven't played in the afternoon at all. Yeah. Um, no, it's a good feeling. Hey, I mean I you know this program has mad hype around the country. People are just you know TV execs are doing what they do. They know that there's going to be eyeballs on the Mountaineers. So. Give the people what they want. Give I the mean people what they want. We're going to be six games into the season, and this will be our earliest start time at 3.30. You could say the other five were all night start game, start times. Oh, for sure. They were. So uh, That's fun. Hey, that's, that's good for the program. Get some some primetime eyes. Um, I, I had friends who were not Mountaineer fans here in Columbus who you know mentioned watching the game Saturday night, liked our jerseys, said the crowd was crazy. You know, like it's, uh, it's good to be on TV when people are watching pops football. Up, man. It pops up. We had a bunch of recruits at the game. They all loved it. We actually we have a top top one hundred recruit who's going to be at the game this weekend. It's just like I mean, fans are part of it, man. You got to show up. You got to yep. show up for Texas Tech. It's it's a team we haven't beaten. Show up. Let's go get a win. Could be another special day. Who knows? Like why why the the like we we said the Big Twelve is in shambles right now, right? There are the Texas is good. We don't play Texas. Kansas is good. We don't play Kansas. Kansas State's probably pretty good we don't play kansas state like there are wins out here for our team right like this yeah, we if, gotta if we're gonna get behind this team this is the this is the year to get behind this team and just see what happens yep time to take happens. them and and yep. this would be a this would be a step dude like like the, your tracker on neil your your little approval rating yep. like you Ticking beat up. Pitt. You beat Pitt, and that's a nice little bump. Like you're up there. You win this Texas Tech game, and it's like, like I said, your eyes light up. You look at the schedule, and you're like, dude, we could win like four of the next five. Like, yeah. no problem. Um, so I'm excited. I'll be there, Jordan. You'll be there. I will Hopefully, be there. if you're listening, you will be there as well. Um, yeah. I mean, Neil was encouraging. He uh, he liked the support, and he said, hey, come out. We could use that every weekend. So. Um, I think we did a big part of the game. I mean, procedural penalties, procedural, procedural penalties, um, you know, all the, all the, the rattling of pit. I think it made a difference. I mean, I I definitely think it did. Um, so anything else you want to add on a Texas tech preview? Winnable game, winnable game. Let's Let's get it. Yeah. I'm not going to be heartbroken if we lose it, but, uh, this is one that could really turn the tide. So um, it's one game at a time, man. It's just these baby steps. It's it's the little things that that you know change isn't gonna happen. Like nothing gonna change if nothing changes. Like yeah. this would be something outside the ordinary. And let's go win it. Let's do it. All right. So you can find us on Twitter um, at WestbyPod with underscores. You can find us on SmokyMusket.com. Jordan always writes up an awesome. Uh, preview for each week's game which will get you into the 
get you into the mood for some football and get you informed of what's going on. Um, if you're not in the Smoking Musket Discord, you definitely should. It's a fun place to be. Uh, chat Mountaineer and other sports. Um, Unreasonable Doubt is your uh, your stop for Mountaineer basketball. Um, that is a, uh, a good podcast Josh puts on. Make sure you check that out. Um, other than that, I think that's all we got. Um, so thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll catch you next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.